Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting our show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app. iTunes, of course, is there. Or you can turn us on the radio every Friday with DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Joining me as always is Niall Kitson, Editor-in-Chief of Tech Central and he's sitting in Tech Central HQ right now. And we're looking back at... Um, kind of the top YouTube searches and or the top YouTube videos and the top uh, Google searches of the year and it's amazing Niall I think when you look at it you really get a sense of what Ireland is thinking and also how Ireland is changing do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, every year uh, Google comes out with these lists and you go through them and you think, you know, an awful lot has happened this year, not not just in tech, but in society at large. Uh, and the way technology is sort of weaving its way into our sort of uh, national narrative, if, if you will, we can talk a little bit about that later. But um, OK, so we've got two lists to work through and so some things worked with us and some things didn't. Um, so let's talk about things that resonated with us uh, as in to say stuff that we recognised mm. and understood. So for a start, because because you and I are both tech people, uh, the top trending search of the entire year, Euro 2016, means nothing to us. Uh, uh, the iPhone? <laughs> uh, oh, the iPhone. That's yes. The, that's the top search so uh, check, for the year. That's the top search overall for the year. Overall for the year, which which is no surprise, really. And it's almost a little disappointing. You kind of want to be hit with mm. something a bit left field, but no, it's still the iPhone. Was the number um, two was the number two search for the entire year iPhone broken? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, actually? Nothing. Uh, oh, sorry, I tell a lie. Number four is the overarching Samsung Galaxy, but nothing specifically oh. about the Note 7, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. So number two is a device that we haven't even got our hands on yet over here is uh, Google Pixel which is their um, smartphone competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google, of course, having gotten into, out of, and now back into hardware. Um, so, uh, yeah, seems to be going down very well. We, we haven't tried it here yet, so we can't really comment on whether it's any good or not. Mm. But certainly people are interested in it, which, which is what all, this list is all about. Um, so, uh, okay, Dusty, hit, hit us up with something that you found particularly interesting. I think it's always interesting to see um, uh, who, because at this time of the year, we always kind of go, well, who did we lose this year? Uh, Oh, and we've got plenty of candidates. There's plenty of candidates for it, all right. But I think it's interesting when you kind of look at the top five searches of people that we've lost through the year to see who actually resonated and who was popular and who people cared enough about to to Google. And in fifth place, uh, we had Leonard Cohen. Anthony Foley was at fourth place. Alan Rickman. Oh, my God, what an actor he was. Uh, in third place. In second place was Prince. And the most uh, lost person, if you like, of, of the year, the most searched person who, who died this year was David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, no real surprises there. And, you know, no. you, you could compose such a long list of great people that we lost this year. Mm. William Trevor, um, just, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it really has been a, an appalling year. Um, so it's it's one of the things that I, people will look back on reeling in the years, which I'm convinced will have to be a double episode. Um, and there will be one devoted just to people that we lost because our culture and our world lost so many talented people. It, it really was an awful time. But, well, um, yeah. Do you know, it's funny. It's almost everybody 
to everybody that I know is saying that 2016 was a turkey. It was an absolutely horrible year for everybody that I know in some way, not only kind of uh, uh, with what was happening in the world and what was happening in Ireland, but also in their personal lives, Twenty just across the board. And everybody's just kind of waiting for Christmas, not so much to get the presents, but to get the hell rid of 2016. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you've seen John Oliver's skit on uh, on his show. It's posted to YouTube, which I guess is a, a topic we can discuss in a little bit. Mm. But um, it's it's just a skit on, you know, 2016 be gone. Uh, yeah. And it's well worth watching. And it just sums up everyone's feelings about this year at this stage. I mean, we're going to look back and go, how did we get through that time unscathed? How did we manage? How did we manage? If you look at the uh, the top news events and the top politicians that were searched on uh, Google over the year, uh, speaking of bad news, <laughs> 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 uh, in uh, in third place uh, in news events, the Irish election 2016 was the uh, third most uh, sought after news event. Uh, the US election, of course, number two. And number one was Brexit. Uh, big yeah, shock. no surprises there, really. No, no, not really. And then uh, when it comes to politicians, uh, the top three were Bernie Sanders, uh, Hillary Clinton second, and Donald Trump won that election as well. I, I think, <laughs> I think Bernie Sanders being so high up that list mm. says an awful lot about how the Democrats screwed up the last election. Really does. No sign of Enda Kenny in the top five politicians list, though. <laughs> well, you know, he's in the bad books. I mean the. <laughs> Our, our government four Some years ago... Some people think that. Some people think that now, to be fair. They, <laughs> were, they were given a free reign. I said to my friends at the time, all they have to do is not annoy anyone for four years and they will mm. be re-elected comfortably. And guess what they did? Well, yeah. well actually, do you know, it's going to be very interesting uh, with Donald Trump because he's such a, a contentious character. Normally in the States, whoever is the incumbent president will run for a second term and normally will get it. I'll be interested to see what happens in 2020. Uh, if we're still around, if I, uh, oh, given you, the people you he's populating his cabinet with. Absolute pessimist. Now, speaking of uh, it being a terrible year, uh, tell me about the uh, the top uh, movie searches in 2016. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, I'm a movie guy uh, <laughs> yes. and it's it's actually it's not been awful. And I think it's kind of interesting, the sort of films that, that have gotten into the top 10 mm. and the ones that haven't, because a lot of the ones that were in the top 10 that aren't in the top 10 are actually films that people regard as being really good this year. Um, for example, uh, Captain America Civil War, uh, probably the best Marvel movie so far, uh, not in the top 10 searches. So I, I think um, it speaks to the fact that, you know, if you're doing well, nobody really talks about you. If you're doing really badly, people are all over you. Um, so to look at the two most um, searched films of the year, um, the second place was Batman v Superman, uh, which is pro- widely acknowledged to be biggest disappointment of the year uh, in terms of films there is the ultimate three and a half hour edition uh, out on DVD now which apparently plugs a lot of the plot holes and explains an awful lot of what's going on but um, I'm still not going to watch it Um, it just looks far too dour uh, for my liking there should be a little bit of fun in superhero films you know they, they shouldn't be full of people moping around unless it's Watchmen in which, in which case that's <laughs> completely acceptable um and number number one, the most searched movie of the year was Suicide Squad. And I think in part, uh, this comes down to the marketing of the film and what turned out. Because what's really interesting about Suicide Squad is that they, they spent six weeks on a script, which is always a good sign. Um, they made a movie and um, they released a couple of trailers. And uh, the third trailer came out and people went, oh, that looks really good. 
and it used lots of sort of music and pop culture references, very rapid cut kind of stuff. And it's actually not what the film was like at all. So the trailer house that made that particular trailer were hired to recut the film. So I'm convinced that somewhere in the vaults in Warner Brothers, there are numerous different cuts of Suicide Squad. Probably one of them is watchable. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, it made a heap of money, but there's not going to be a sequel because it went down so badly. Um, well, with, you with never know. You fans. never know. Speaking of uh, having uh, the pulse on the nation, getting away from kind of, you know, tech and news stories and stuff. Uh, uh, and another thing that we find out from Google is what is Ireland eating? I was surprised about this. I'm uh, not really that surprised about it. But um, uh, the, the, top, the top recipes that are searched on Google throughout the year in Ireland at number five were Yorkshire pudding, A-up. Yeah. Uh, chili con carne uh, number four great meal nice and simple apple tart at number three number two uh, was vegetarian recipes and uh, number one uh, the, the, what's your dal meal day spaghetti bolognese <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well, what's interesting is that we're, we're starting to see things that are kind of vegan friendly sort of getting in but there the, as this, well this is what i'm saying and i remember when i was a kid um uh, back in back in the 80s and my mom first started cooking lasagna and spaghetti it was like oh my god how exotic <laughs> <laughs> we're not having potatoes and now it's a, a kind of a, a very everyday thing but as you say uh getting in then with a, a vegetarian meals and that's becoming more popular and this is how how society is changing also speaking of uh changing we talk about youtube now in a second but this kind of leads into it uh we have our list of famous men all right so we have mm-hmm. uh, Marco Pierre White, the uh, uh, restaurateur, at number five. Dean Winters, the actor, at four. Uh, at number three, uh, Conor McGregor, big sports guy. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, of course, international uh, uh, famous musician, at number two. But at number one, a guy who is not an actor, not a sportsman. Uh, he's not even famous. He just happened to be in a documentary. Well, I mean, the documentary, I, if, if you were watching it, I think it was released last December and sort of the mania over this thing carried over into January. Um, did you watch Making a Murderer when it came out? I certainly did. And were you as outraged as most people who watched it? It's strange because you were watching a real life story of, you know, kind of a, a murder and who did it. And then you're making up your own mind as to who did it and then watching everything that's going on in the court. And my kind of uh, uh, my summation at the end of it was that, you know, Stephen Avery, which is, which is who we're talking about, you know, was just too young and too dumb, bless him, um, to have been part of, of, of this crime. But yet he was incarcerated. Um, and, and it's also very interesting that, you know, kind of he was the number one most famous man searched on uh, on Google, but also number two, the fact that that documentary was made and it really took off with people in, in a viral way that it eventually led to his release, I believe. Uh, well, that's Brendan Dassey you're thinking oh, of, sorry, which was the me. nephew. Ah, so Stephen yes, Avery yes, yes. was the... Ah sort of the prime suspect, if you will, who was, who was convicted of murder. Brandon Dassey was his nephew. Right. Well, I'm um, thinking of the nephew then. I, I apologise for my ignorance. Um, but, but you know, I think as a documentary, as a piece of filmmaking, mm. that it had that effect on people, uh, I think was quite remarkable. It, it reminded me of the, the previous year. Do you remember Serial? It, it was sort of the first mega podcast. Like it was getting millions yes. of downloads per episode. Yes. And again, it was that true crime sort of what's going to happen with the next episode kind of thing. And mm. the more you listen to it again, the more outraged you got. And it, these things provide a fascinating insight into how the criminal justice system works. Uh, in America it's like you know if you are poor 
that's that's it. If there is any kind of case against you, you are in trouble uh, in America. If you cannot I've, afford I've, a good defence. Yeah, true. And I think that, you know, kind of one of the things that's changed with the internet is that people get to see kind of behind the scenes with famous people. Uh, uh, and I mean, the most famous example I can think of is Donald Trump, who just speaks to the world via Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, which is just, I, I think it's crazy. However, um, uh, but also kind of behind the scenes, this whole thing that James Corden is doing in America and is a massive hit on YouTube with his carpool karaoke. Just him and whoever the famous person is and he just rips the mick out of them and sings their songs as they're driving around. It's a very intimate experience that we get to see. And he can actually sing. Yes, he as, can. As, as we discovered well, with the Adele one. He, yeah. he can harmonise. He's, he's actually a really talented guy. I think the, uh, uh, the number one YouTube video uh, across the planet and in Ireland was the Adele uh, carpool karaoke. Um, and I think it, it's interesting when we look through kind of the top 10 YouTube videos uh, of, of the year is that the vast majority of them are from professional broadcasters. That's is, it, yeah. It's, it, and it's another way that we're seeing the world changing because YouTube, when it started, what was it, 10 years ago? Uh, yeah, 2005, yeah. And it was all about broadcast yourself and it was all about user-generated content. And actually, do you know what? It's the same with podcasts as well. That was all about user-generated radio programs and that has also flipped. And mm. it's now the professional broadcasting organisations who kind of uh, uh, rule the roost. So Dell's Carpool Karaoke, Britain's Got Talent, the whole Boogie Storm Dancing Stormtroopers thing mm-hmm. on uh, uh, Britain's Got Talent, um, uh Pora Kamara, who did Maniac 2000 on The Voice of Ireland, is in there. Um, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan, God bless her little heart, twice in the top 10 YouTube videos. Twice from the same interview with Stephen Colbert. Uh, from, with Stephen. No, I think one of them was a Jim, Jimmy Fallon. And oh, that, was and, it? Okay. Yeah, and that's another thing that's, uh, uh, that's changing that I think is interesting. You've got these you know, hugely successful late night talk shows, but every single one of their little clip videos gets, you know, kind of like a million views online. On yeah. top of the five million who watch it uh, in America when it's broadcast on TV, so it uh, uh, it is quite. A, but there is some user generated content in there as well. We had the uh, the British Airways pilot. <laughs> well, you're an aviation guy, so you you particularly would have found this hilarious. Absolutely laughed my uh, rear end off of that one. I'll say it was a British Airways pilot who got angry because the other pilots were laughing at him. Uh, and then there was there was another one where a British Airways pilot again was uh, uh, was having a go with the air traffic control lady in Dublin Airport, and mm. she was having none of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then also uh, uh, on the viral side of things, uh, and I suppose one of the top stories again of the year was 2016. Not necessarily the football, but the Irish fans. Absolutely, yeah, well, we've, we've got made great the fans. We really do. We do. I, we do. And for, there's, for any sport, yeah. And their serenade uh, to a nun on the train where they sang or they chanted uh, the Our Father. They sang the Our Father. Yeah. <laughs> How God. wonderfully Irish is that? God bless them. There you go. Well, listen. Let's wrap it up. That's a, that's a look at what uh, uh, has been happening on Google and on YouTube throughout 2016. <laughs> This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. If you're not working in tech already, but you're considering turning your interest or your passion in tech into a job, listen up, because Mustard.ie is a specialised tech recruitment firm who've just secured 400,000 grand in seed funding and have big, big plans for you. Joining me uh, from the company is Gavin Fogarty to tell us a little bit more about Mustard.ie and what kind of tech jobs are about. Uh, Gavin, tell me, what kind of jobs are being sought for at the moment? 
So mustard is unusual because um, it, it's never really just about the role, it's about the people. So we see very, very specific roles um, being targeted towards people rather than, say, a jobs board where someone posts an ad for a generic role and gets 150 applicants. Mustard is the opposite to that, right? So effectively, a company comes on and applies to hire the person rather than the other way around. So the roles are very varied as a result, but we're seeing everything um, from kind of front-end technologies to back-end technologies, different tech stacks, different languages. Um, but Mustard at the moment is focused on Java as a core technology. So our roles are, are very much focused in that area. Um, but interestingly, in terms of industries, it's not just the tech companies hiring for these types of people anymore. It's everything from um, banking and finance to travel and right through to the tech companies that we all kind of know and hear about. And uh, the volume is actually happening in, in banking and finance, if we're, if we're honest. So tell me, when you say that they, it's more about the people rather than the jobs, what, what exactly do you mean by that? So, um, again, we built this solution out of a, a series of problem sets that we had seen. Um, and we noticed that uh, at the kind of mid to senior level engineer space, they, these type of people tend not to be very active in their job search. They tend not to apply to jobs when they do that. Quite often, because they're so highly sought after, um, companies will approach them or headhunt them or send them an email on LinkedIn and ask them if they're available for an interview. So they, they're, they're often quite passive. They sit back and they let offers come to them. Um, not always the case, but, the, but that is quite common. So we noticed that if companies are posting advertisements and expecting engineers to come to them, it's not really going to work. Um, and then the second thing we noticed was that the types of offers being sent to the engineers were not always what they wanted. In fact, most of the time they were they were pretty terrible um, and they were quite spammy and a lot of them were kind of time-wasting offers and the engineers were getting frustrated with receiving these offers that they didn't want. So we decided we'd build a platform that was the opposite of a jobs board um, and instead of them applying to job adverts, the companies would apply to interview the engineers and what we would do is pre-screen them um, with regards to their fit, their technical ability, their attitude, etc. Make sure um, they're what we would consider to be a really great person and then we host them and let companies come in and uh, yeah, they basically pitch to them and they say, look, you should come and work for XYZ and this is why you should come and work for XYZ. So quite often in that instance, it's not that they have a specific role. They've just seen this person, they think they're the business and they really want them to come and work for them um, and they will, they will mould the role around that person. I like that kind of a a flip around then do you take into account because a lot of people move a job or they want to move on uh, because they're bored or the challenge isn't there do you include kind of the challenges that people are looking for in new jobs absolutely it's actually one of the first things you'd see on one of the profiles that we have um we ask them what their motivations are for wanting to move. And usually that motivation is a real kind of insight into um, everything about that person, what, what's making them tick, what's making them tick right now, uh, why they might be unhappy in their previous role and what else was going to make them happy in future roles. So a kind of classic answer that we're getting is that I'm un feeling under-challenged. Um, we thought initially when we built this, okay, everyone's going to tell us that they're feeling undervalued, but that's not a recurring theme. Actually what's happening is they're just feeling under-challenged. So maybe the problems they're solving every day are not the types of problems they want to solve, or maybe they're just not complex enough, or it could be a variety of 
reasons, but a lot of people are coming back and saying, look, I want to work on these problems. I want to solve big problems. I want to know that those problems matter. And I think that's the type of mindset that's quite common among um, software developers. I think they like to know the work they're doing matters. Okay, so it's a great idea to flip it around, but how do you handle the fact that when most people are looking for a job, they kind of do it secretly. They don't want their, their current employer to know uh, that they're looking for a job, but yet the way you describe it is kind of like, hey, here I am on the internet. I'm looking for a new gig. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's, uh, that was one of the most difficult problems for us to crack because it, it might seem simple, our solution, but actually it took a lot of work to get it right. And what we do is mustard is entirely discreet. So um, nobody's identity, either the hirers or the candidates, is ever revealed unless they want to reveal their identity. Um, everything is kept completely anonymous um, in terms of what the public can see and even in terms of what the employers can see. And the result of that is that we've got these uh, anonymous profiles and that anonymity is meant that the candidates feel safe in expressing exactly what's on their head and, or in their mind, excuse me. So not just the fact that they're looking for a job, um, but also say, for example, they are unhappy with the current situation or they want to say that the problems they're solving aren't particularly complex. You can't say that when you're telling people where you work, but if, you're pro if your profile is anonymous, you can be very honest. And we're getting really interesting insight into people's kind of true motivations because of the anonymity. Tell me about uh, where the demand is coming from. I mean, you would, I would naturally think that, you know, kind of here in Dublin is, is, is you know, tech centric. But are there other areas of the country where there's a lot of demand for jobs? Absolutely. Um, so it's nationwide at the moment for us. And we're actually also seeing that quite a lot of demand from uh, London and even the Middle East is coming through the platform as well as people are presenting opportunities to software developers and saying, have you considered X, Y, Z? Um, but in terms of weight load, you're dead right huge amount of the volume in Dublin but there's also roles in uh, Galway and in Cork and in Limerick and um, we've had a couple of ones in Gaul as well so there's there's definitely a spread um, mainly focused on Dublin quite a lot of activity in the Midlands as well uh, at Loan for etc et there's there's quite a few tech companies based there and as a result um, yeah they, they have a lot of movement in staff as people move in and out of those areas and the kind of jobs what, what, what do you think I mean it's kind of looking to the future what do you think is going to be the next big thing job wise so we're definitely tech focused um, and the reason for that is that we we're tech people and we like building things we always have um, so I think jobs that are either directly called tech jobs or jobs that are in the tech industry are going to be of interest for us um, mm. and they're of interest for a couple of reasons obviously because we know and love it but we also believe that the growth that it's experienced over the last 16 years isn't going to cease and um, it's only going to accelerate and we think that um, <clears throat> things are becoming better as a result so the most likely result for us is that we open up from just Java into other languages, other technologies, other frameworks uh, over the coming year, and then potentially even move into sales and marketing roles um, in, within the tech industry or, or similar as well. Now, you, you say that you're tech people and you're talking about sales and marketing roles and stuff like that, but actually the, the beginnings of Mustard was, was like two years ago in a completely different area. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, I was an event producer for 10 years um, and produced kind of a variety of different things. I was in an agency, um, but one of my clients was Web Summit. And I suppose that's where I, <clears throat> I got my first insight into this pretty exciting world and started to kind of fall in love with it, um, which is how we eventually ended up here. But initially, what I had built was a web application that was similar to Uber or Halo for staff. Um, and it was focused on the hospitality and events industry. So if there was a bartender in Dublin who needed 
10 more staff in an hour, they could say, I need 10 people in Dublin. They need to be um, bar staff. They need X, Y experience. Go. It would send out the notification just like Halo does to all the taxi drivers, but this would be to bartenders and those bartenders then apply and the uh, person who plays the job can then choose who they want. So it was kind of an instant jobs board, if you like, and it works just like Halo or Uber. Um, And the platform worked and had a lot of success, but as a result, we needed to start to scale that platform. We needed to hire our own engineers to essentially rebuild it and and just start to grow from the ground up. Um, And in doing that, what we wanted to do was um, kind of drink our own Kool-Aid and test to see if the technology we had built would work to build our own team. So we refocused the hospitality technology, pointed it towards software engineers and developers and got some just incredible results within it. With literally within an hour, we had tens and tens of people applying to uh, this job that we wanted. So that doesn't happen in Dublin. Um, not if the people are of quality. You can tend to get a lot of applicants, but they may not be the right fit. We had some really exceptional people responding. So we knew there was a big opportunity there. Um, we also knew that in our heart of hearts that tech was more in line with the type of people that we were um, and not particularly as much so was the case with hospitality or event staff. So it just it was a no-brainer. Um, we moved from hospitality to the event space. It took us another eight months to rebuild a platform that would facilitate this space. Um, and we launched it about a month and a half ago as kind of Mustard 2.0, which is, yeah, totally tech-focused. Now, listen, tell me, why did you pick the name Mustard? Um, it's... A really long story that's not very exciting. So long story short, uh, we engaged, excuse me, we engaged an amazing agency called uh, Mr. and Mrs. Stevens, and they are the business here in Dublin. In fact, calling them an agency is underselling them. They're a creative partnership and they help with everything from copywriting right down to brand identity. And at the beginning, they knew the type of person that I was as a founder, the type of things I wanted to stand for. Um, they helped kind of extract that information out of my brain. And some of the terms that kept kind of reoccurring were kind of around honor and around kind of reliability. And the military then started to come into it a little bit, even though I'm not a kind of a believer in, in various uh, <laughs> kind of aggressive things like yeah. the military. But I did like um, some of the terms they were coming up with, like muster as in to muster up courage or to muster a large group of people. Um, and then just phonetically, it just kind of progressed into mustard and then it just made sense. So long story short, it was kind of an accident. We were going with mustard and mustard <laughs> was what people kept hearing. So we just said, let's call it mustard. So listen, uh, tell me how mustard.ie works. If you want to anonymously announce to the world that you're looking for a new gig, uh, well, how do you go through the process of that? So um, come to our website. It's entirely free. There's never, <clears throat> excuse me, never, ever a charge for uh, software developers or engineers. It's free for life. They come to the website and with the click of a button, they can sign in with their LinkedIn or their GitHub or their Gmail address. Um, and it will start to create an anonymous profile. So their details, they can edit, update um, in a very easy way. And within about three or four minutes, they've got a fully completed profile Um It will then be submitted for review from my recruitment team, my tech talent team. And if we feel that there is enough of a demand there for your skills, then we will put the profile live. If we don't feel um, that there's demand, then we're not going to waste anybody's time by hosting you and guaranteeing you the world. That's not the point of Mustard. Um, So you'll notice that while we have maybe five or 600 people now have signed up to the platform as engineers, we're only showcasing 28, I think, today um, because Mustard is about the elite. It's about the best of the best. And it has to 
be to work that way. For companies to want to apply to you, you have to be exceptional. And unfortunately, um, as a result, we have to be quite picky mm. with um, the type of people we can let onto the platform and, and push forward. And it must be quite a nice feeling for somebody who is on the platform because it's, it's almost like a pat on the back. You are the best of the best. Yeah. And again, look, it's only our opinion. It's Mustard's mm. opinion, but we feel that it's, um, <clears throat> it's a, a legitimate one. And we've put a lot of effort into trying to understand what makes them who they are and how good they are. We've spoken to, to their contemporaries, etc. And uh, excuse me, I've got a cold. That's why I keep coughing. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it is. It's a it's kind of a badge of honor. I think people are quite proud to be on the mustard platform. Mm. It's not an easy thing to do. And as I said, nearly six hundred people have applied, but there's only twenty eight odd who've actually made it and cut the grade. So it's uh, it's not easy. Well, I think it's an amazing idea, and I love the absolute flip the way you just turn it around three sixty and and have made it focus kind of on the people who are in the tech jobs who are looking for a new challenge who are looking for a new job who will fulfill their brains and kind of keep them uh, occupied because as you say it's not always about money or, or where you are I wish you the very very best of luck of it uh, thank you Ga- Gavin Fogarty from mustard.ie thanks for telling us all thanks Ossie now just before we go this week uh, Niall is still with us uh, what is our one more thing the one story online we just couldn't squeeze into the show yeah, well, on the subject of list, we've got a, a third one to throw at uh, our listeners this week. The National Library of Ireland uh, it actually ran a, a competition to take 10 websites reflecting life in Ireland in 1916 and 2016 on account of the centenary of the 1916 Rising. So you can go on to techcentral.ie to find out uh, which websites made the grade. All right. Now, on top of that, also follow us on Twitter because we're going to be putting up uh, uh, updates on what our top podcasts were during the year. Our Twitter handle is at techcentral underscore ie so I'll be pushing up my top five podcasts of the week uh, of the year all the way through next week alright okay so follow us on Twitter follow us online at techcentral.ie for all the latest Irish tech news with hourly updates and daily newsletters and of course our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1 next on to next weekend uh, from myself Dusty Rhodes and from now at Tech Central HQ thanks for listening take care get tech radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Tech Central